Hey everybody, my name's Johan Philip. And I'm Matt Carvel. And we are live! Every Tuesday afternoon for Live Lunch. That is the place that we take the Sunday teaching and we have a discussion about it. We unpack the different themes, ask some different questions, and we're inviting you to get involved in it. Have a listen or submit some questions, that's all. And we have food. So if you want to find out about some good eating options around Brighton and Hove, tune into Live Lunch. So you get fed. Well, we get fed physically, but you get fed spiritually. Uh, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. live on Instagram, then the video does sit on YouTube and podcast. If you'd like more information about how you can join in with the conversation at Live Lunch, we are emmanuel.com forward slash Live Lunch. We look forward to seeing you there. See you then. Welcome to another episode of Live Lunch. We are live. We are live actually two minutes early because we couldn't wait to get on with the conversation. If you're watching live and you're looking outside and you live in Brighton, it looks pretty grim. Like we have a window in the studio. It's not so good. sad. So if we do come across a bit melancholic, it's got nothing to do with the preaching content. No. Which was superbly delivered on Sunday by our wonderful, very own George Benson. Yeah. Thank you. So was your first Sunday preaching in New England? Oh, where did Emmanuel? Uh, it's the first time for a while. Yeah. It's, um, I think I did one about the same time last year. And going with the cricketing World Cup analogy, where you knocked it out of the park, oh, baseball, cricket, much. England yeah. has also been knocked out of the World Cup. <laughs> and uh, my former nation, but the team I support, India, is into the semi-finals, playing, I think, tomorrow. Yes. I don't think anyone can stop them now. Okay. Well, it's fine. Who knows? Who knows? It's cricket. Knows? Anything can happen on the day. Uh, but anyway, no people haven't tuned in to listen to us. We could talk about cricket for half They're an hour. Dissecting the the World Cup and the English performance. Yes. <laughs> um, we got food from from Gyro Gyromania G Y R O. How will you pronounce that? Apologies if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Gyromania, and it was so good. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. Our favorite Yefsis closed down the one on London Street, which was met with great disappointment. But Gyromania, thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, suitable, if not more, better replacement. I'd say so. I'd say so. So we've talked about cricket, we've talked about the food, yeah. food we meet. It's good to have you with us, Christina. Hello. Christina helps lead our student team and student ministry here at Emmanuel. And before we jump into dissecting the preach and talking about it, dissecting well, unpacking the preach, Christina, tell us what's going on in the student world. Yeah, so we've got um, a student and 20s night next week, Tuesday. Um, on the 21st of November, which is going to be epic. We did another one of these last month and it worked really well. Just getting our 20s and students together, uh, have some teaching. We actually have for Neville Jones. Oh, wow. Speaking to us, yeah. Oh, oh my. Neville Jones. For people to get to know him. Um, he's going to share a bit of his story and teach us about, you know, walking in the spirit and what that looks like. So absolutely epic. Jeez. Definitely get that. Wow. Uh, so it'll be a wonderful night. Food, games, as always. But also, a Christmas ball, Woo! which is also really great. So that's going to be on the 5th of December. Uh, if you want more details, just go to weremanuel.com forward slash students. And if you scroll down, the event will be there. But yeah, I would just love to connect with you if you're a student or a 20s. It's um, going to be great. Are the 20s annoyed with the ball as well? Or is it just yeah, it's doing that 20s. I mean, not... I could slip. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in either of those categories. Uh, oh, it's so nice. Christmas is, is here. Woo-hoo. Christmas is well. It's almost here. Um, yeah. And you got your Christmas decorations out. Have you had that conversation? Oh, no. No. Oh, no. First of December. Oh, I'm allergic to it. Are you? Oh, I just can't. Yeah. I think it's a Grinch. Oh, I am. I could, I could talk again for half an hour about, about being a Grinch. Love Jesus. <laughs> Not so sure about Christmas. Anyway. 
Okay, great. I'm sure we've got plenty of time over the next few weeks to start getting into the Christmas pants. Um, so, George, yeah. you preached to us about Jesus saying, uh, the saying, I am the true vine. Yeah. Uh, our penultimate talk in the virtual Jesus series. Mm-hmm. We've got our gift day Sunday if we're going on a series next week. And then we've got a summary of the series of the, for the last one. So you have preached the last I am statement. Whoa. Number seven is I am the true vine. Tell us about it, George. Yeah, so we're in John 15 and uh, continuing on in Jesus's uh, farewell discourse. So he's right at the end of his life. Um, this is uh, a real, he's very aware that his his death is coming, that the cross is coming. And he's said lots of wonderful things to his disciples, um, including, you know, I'm the way, the truth and the life and uh, instituting the Last Supper, all those sorts of things. And then he says, I am the true vine. And we looked at what that means, the image of the vine as this promise that's given in the Old Testament that kind of finds its fulfillment in Jesus as the way we kind of, we can get connected in as branches to this vine and bear fruit and bless the world. And we looked at his invitation to do just that, to abide in him, abide in his love, what that looks like, um, what that means, what it means to follow Jesus is a deeper thing than just agreeing with him, but actually being joined to him. Um, so we looked at that invitation, the warning, and it's quite actually one of those verses in the Bible, the, this passage that has quite a stark warning in. This is not something you're going to put on your fridge um, or tattoo on your arm, probably, um, that says, yeah, if, you, if the branches that don't abide in me, they wither and die, they get, they get thrown away and burned. And it's, it's, uh, we have to look at the warning of Jesus. Why is he saying this? What does he mean? And then we looked finally at his promise to us um that we are able to as we abide in him and enjoy his love it doesn't stop there this is not the end of the story but it's for fruitfulness and for purpose in our lives um yeah so that's that's what we looked at and uh yes i hope it blessed people it's one of those parts of scripture that is it's a real mountaintop kind of moment and i think when you're preaching that you're it's, it's a blessing to have one that's such a precious scripture that you've definitely engaged with before if you've read the bible it's like this is one of those moments but also the pressure of wow this is one of those moments how do you how on earth do you kind of try and do it justice i guess you can't really uh, on a sunday um, but it was a special time um, i think some of the other sites if you're watching from the other sites you would have had uh, either neville preaching or uh, i think in shoreham Telfe was preaching on on different topics and um, so uh, do go ahead and check it out if you want to uh, on youtube to uh, to catch up Amazing. I think there's a few things you're going to unpack in what you've just shared. Um, definitely talking about branches being thrown into the fire and the warning that that is. Um, but I think, well, let's kick off it. When you were discussing how we were with Live Lunch. Mm. So we should probably go live on the conversations that we have in the build-up to Live Lunch, which is actually quite fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we talked about in an increasingly hopeless world, in a world that some would argue is not bearing much fruit, is imploding, uh, stuff is just going wrong. Um there's bad news in the newspaper. You think you've crossed one crisis and you emerge into the next. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we stay hopeful in such a hopeless world? How do we even think about bearing fruit when on the surface, or, or not on the surface, when you look at the news, the world is going to pot? Yeah. Yeah. So this is something that um, particularly struck me when preaching to our evening service. Because um, I'm aware that there's a generation that has... Uh, born maybe the brunt of the hits of the last few years, or at least this is this has been their introduction to adulthood. It's been lockdowns mm. and the world being turned upside down and nothing being certain, and uh, their future's up in the air. And um, they've grown up with the threat of global warming. They've grown up with the knowledge that this you know this world won't last forever, and we're all you know real kind of uh, stark messaging about that. 
Um, they've also grown up with, you know, awful mental health crises. Like we've never seen social media kind of doing all the, the damage as well as the good that it does. Um, and then now uh, at the moment, just it feels like um, the, the, the politics in the world, geopolitics is in an absolute crisis. And we live with these these wars that are so close to us and we we all kind of we end up having such an emotional kind of reaction to and uh, it's quite polarizing we feel we feel the need to fall down on one side or the other and in all of it we can lose hope for the future and i think jesus's promise here is uh is so key which is that firstly um there is fruitfulness for us there is hope for our future. There is purpose. There is a reason he's put you on the planet. There's a reason that he is continuing that uh, continuing on your life, even though you could go and be in heaven with him now. No, he wants things for you to build. And uh, we specifically looked at evangelism um, in this. Hmm. And uh, But you don't have to bear the weight of that. His purposes for you in your future are not things that you have to carry on your back as things that you need to do to impress him or something. He says, no, no, you abide in me. And you will bear much fruit. That's the promise. If you don't, you won't. You abide in me, then you will. And um, I just uh, wanted to read out a quote, actually. We'll go straight there. Um, from uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He's a, he's a pastor, uh, was a pastor, who uh, was writing and preaching in Germany during World War II. And he actually uh, lost his life because of a part he played in a plot to assassinate Hitler. He's a really interesting guy. And uh, I remember reading his story um, during lockdowns. And I think uh, it, there's a quote from, from him, from a letter that he wrote that really helped me. Because you do stop trusting for the future. You do stop hoping. Even discussing with my wife like about having the, the child that we now have. We have to have the discussion. I think the Ukraine-Russia war just kicked off. We have a discussion. Like, what is the world we're going to bring this child into? Is it even the right thing to do to bring a child into the world? How, is there good in our future? You have these kind of deep thoughts. And this is a quote that really helped us. Um, so Bonhoeffer's writing to, uh, to a friend of his about marriage. Bonhoeffer himself is going to get married soon. And he's, he's presiding over marriages in World War II when the world is at war and everything seems like it's ending, probably... I mean, definitely more so than even our experiences recently. I mean, it's colossal. And he's in Germany and he's seeing this, this horror. And uh, he says this, um, Over the years, I have written many a letter for the wedding uh, of one of the brothers and preached many a wedding sermon. The chief characteristic of such occasions essentially rested in the fact that in the face of the last times, he doesn't mean this to sound quite so ap apocalyptic, um, but... That's how it felt to them. It's like, the world is at war. This is, this is the last times. Someone dares to take such a step of affirmation of the earth and of the future. It was then always very clear to me that a person could take this step as a Christian truly only from within a very strong faith and on the basis of grace. For here in the midst of the final destruction of all things, one desires to build. In the midst of a life lived from hour to hour, and from day to day, one desires a future. In the midst of being driven out from the earth, one desires a bit of space. In the midst of widespread misery, one desires some happiness. And the overwhelming thing is that God says yes to this strange longing. And here God consents to our will, whereas usually it's meant to be just the opposite. And that last line could be misinterpreted, so we'll be, we'll be careful with that. But I, I just, it did such good to us. It's like, how are we to hope how on earth are we to hope for the future? 
And there's a couple of things there. Firstly, it comes from an understanding of grace and trust in God with our world. But also it's a knowledge of his character, mm. that he is good. He does want good things for us. And so even in, imagine like choosing to get married and start that stage of life in Germany in World War II. And he's saying, God says yes to good things for you. Mm. And it's that outrageous faith in the midst of real suffering um, that I think gives us great hope um, and is something that, yeah, I'd love to love to highlight, love to talk more about at various points, I think. Mm, brilliant. Yeah, I think even the scripture about the increase of his government, which is increase of God's kingdom, there shall be no end. And God is not looking at circumstances in our world and confused. He's totally in control. And if a word says his kingdom will expand and keep going, it's an invitation to kind of journey with him. I think we can see things with our natural eyes and honestly, it's been horrific. Um, but I think also being invited to kind of look with the eyes of faith and think, mm. God, what could you do with this? You know, the spirit of God mm. hovered over nothingness, darkness. His spirit hovered and said, let there be light. And here we are. And like, mm. yeah, like he's so able. And I think trusting in God and, and the God of the universe who can do absolutely mm. anything. Mm. I think it gives us hope to keep going and actually, yeah, to have faith that there, there's more yeah. for us. It's a promise. We build our lives on it. It's like, abide in me, you're going to bear fruit. Yeah. It doesn't always look like how we expect. And it doesn't yeah. always mean marriage. It doesn't always mean these things that uh, are often in our hearts. It might do. It often does, but it might not. Um, but the promise is for genuine fruitfulness. Mm. Um, going, going to Christina, so I'll be intrigued to hear your thoughts on this. So you got a young student comes to you and says, you know, at university, hopes and dreams for the future, massively optimistic, as you should be at university, the world's at your feet. Um, what counsel would you give them about how can they be fruitful in their lives? I mean, this is a massive question, but mm. pastorally, what's the kind of things that you talk to them about that would just give them hope? Okay, so you're saying they're really excited mm. and wanting to know how to be fruitful. Oh, I think one of the main things is, I think, running your plans through with God. Mm. So I think it can be really... Um, easy to kind of run off on our own kind of tangents and think oh this is what I want for my life or this is what I see and actually God does put passions in our hearts mm. for certain things but um just many stories even across our church of people what they're doing now is very much a life surrendered to God and I think we kind of I'm not sure if it was this conversation another one I was having where seeing God as just our savior oh was it you yeah but um but he's also our lord and submitting everything that we have to him and saying lord this is my life I give it to you this is my degree I'm submitting it to you what next steps do you want me to take and I think just doing the things that are in front of you that you know are good you know being in community being in church um spreading his good news in that God opens doors mm. but I think definitely keep the zeal and then be like God what mm. what do you want to do with this and not running off on your own because yeah because I guess the danger that some people could have like going on with what you're saying is the whole waiting on God and abiding in God can feel passive mm. uh, you know we can I think for some people need to know you know you can just relax and not hustle that hard and you can trust God with it I think even the idea of Sabbath is taking a break from work and realizing that the world and, and everything happens even when you're resting and the world moves on and stuff, even with the rest. Um, but it's not a call to passivity, isn't it? Uh, it the abiding in God is an, is an active process to bear fruit. And, um, you were talking about earlier about us really leaning into the Spirit. 
And the kind of idea that we have about waiting on God is is not like the sitting down and waiting, but almost like a waiter waiting on uh, on the guest and waiting on uh, the person who's turned up and saying, you know, what can I get next or what would you like next? And just keep trying to meet their needs. Mm. Um, ultimately, realizing that we are here to wait on God and his needs rather than expecting him to be the waiter and waiting on our needs, isn't it? Um, what would that active um, abiding in God look like for you? Uh, keen to hear what both your thoughts are. Yeah, I, th- I think um, it's exactly that. In, in one sense, we talked a bit about on this on Sunday, the word abide is a bit passive. It, it's, it can be translated like remain. Mm. And the, uh, the the Greek word is, uh, I think... I, yeah, that's why we got Greek food. Greek, Greek words. Yeah. It is like for this branch, which is obviously us in the image, stays where it is and continues to be what it is. Mm. And so there is a an action for us that's less about doing and more about being. Mm. And so I think that with that as our underlying value, that our fruitfulness will not come from doing, we then question, okay, well, what does that even look like in my life? And I think there are wonderful things to do, but the the kind of the, the reason we do is to enjoy being in Jesus, enjoy, enjoy him. And um, he says, I didn't really go into it, but one of the verses is if you, you know, if you do my commandments, you'll abide in my love. Mm. I think it's good. Follow him, do good things, you know, enjoy him in your, in your day to day, in your personal lives, in your prayer or whatever. Mm. Um, uh, even the simple act of going and telling people about Jesus is doing something, right? Because yeah. we talked about, you talked about fruitfulness in terms of see people find their way back to God and salvation. Mm. That doesn't happen by you sitting at home. Dare I say it even in a preferable posture, mm. it does involve going out and telling people about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I feel like you've, you've run out of things to say and you're looking at Christina to try it. No, I, I didn't want to just, I didn't want to just keep going. <laughs> no, 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 it's good. I was trying to think, like, I don't know if there's anything I could even add on to that, but I think in that place of abiding in God and, and getting our sustenance from him, mm. there is just that overflow you know, rivers of living water, mm. like it literally will bubble up inside of you. So I think if we focus yeah. on, I think even now in this time of, you know, leading the student ministry, mm. it's it's knowing that actually it's, it's in God's presence that he equips me. He gives me the, I don't know, the life to go and do out there rather mm. than let me just do, 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 do. It's like, mm. no, stay and remain in me and I will, I will lead you through. So I think there is, that remaining in him but mm. it will lead to action afterwards he does inspire me like wow like i'll have times where i'm just talking to jesus and he'll just give me ideas and i'll be like yeah thank you or like that's where mm. i get you know the zeal to carry mm. on on you know the energy to keep going he's the one brilliant guiding. would you say there's also the whole idea of remaining in community uh as the outworking of you know god's love to us and god in us is is through the church and i think the the I think, I mean, I don't know whether these verses are, correct me if I'm wrong, are pointing in, in this direction, but there's something so significant about staying in church and, and just abiding in God, but at church. Uh, and yeah. when the going gets hard or when relationships are, are tricky to not run away from church mm. would be something massive. Yeah, I think so. I think there's there, a danger for us in uh, the 21st century is we read the Bible very individualistically and mm. you can read this passage it says mm. abide in my love and you go great this is I'm going to have yeah, yeah. some wonderful times with God 
And will I go to church today or am I just going to pray by myself? Or am I going to, like, yeah, you just, you just start to ask these questions. Do I even need church or community? I've abided his love. That's everything I need. Mm. And, and there's a real danger there. And in correcting that, we don't want to do away with the promise. Mm. Jesus, uh, Jesus said, you might, you know, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your father who is there in secret. There are promises for you alone with God, which are wonderful. Um, but I think even within the image, of vine and branches it's not vine and branch <laughs> it's like <coughs> all together we are the branches in him and uh, it's this image of the church you know that, that grows up in into the head of the church which is christ and so we're joined together as the body and it's like you you actually can't get the vine without also being connected to these other branches mm -hmm. you just you it's not how that works you can't have jesus and not his body mm. and so definitely part of abiding is remembering who you are the oneness with jesus but also the oneness with each other and um where in within that there is wonderful promises for you as an individual as us as a corporate body that when we gather he'll be there he, mm. His spirit is there. We're being built together um, as a temple for the Holy Spirit. And there is there's wonderful, wonderful promises there. Um, and then our identities, our, our connections with each other are deeper than our disagreements. Or um, it's not like a football club. It's like, uh, you know, we all follow Brighton and Hove and that's why we're connected. Well, um, well you know... <laughs> <laughs> in this hypothetical <laughs> scenario where we all follow Brighton Hope. Um, seagulls. Yeah. If, if, um, in, in that scenario, in that, in that fan club, mm. they are connected by a similar interest. Mm. In church, you're going to find people from all different walks of life. It looks so at Crystal Palace, Boring Spurs, yeah, Arsenal. Uh, it's the one place where Arsenal fans and Spurs fans can get together and be in a relationship. You know, I think it's a good matter. Yeah. Why not? Because you could talk about even like much, <laughs> much deeper divisions. But if we stay on this sort of surface level one, the reality is I am um, one with my brothers and sisters in the church because of who I am in, because of Christ. And so these other disagreements, however important, however painful, these forgive, oh man, you've got to forgive people and try again. And family is hard. All those things, whatever happens there, I am ultimately connected to them because of Christ. And mm. so my identity is deeper. Our identity is deeper as the church. It should be deeper, uh, more. Uh, it's able to weather the the hits from culture where we were dividing lines. You know, recent conflicts like pick a sign. That uh, could be a dividing line through the church, and yet the deeper oneness that we have in Christ is our, is our hope. Um, yeah. Uh, what is it, Christina? Or? Yeah, I yeah. just kind of had um, kind of like an image of like a what is it called? The plant, like a little branch that is kind of has part of it withered off and, you know, um, about to die, not green, <laughs> gone a bit brown, but like it's being connected to the rest of the plant over time. Like that's where you're getting your nutrients mm -hmm. from. Like when you water the plant, it's coming through the limes. <laughs> um, kind of, yeah, so I think even in tough seasons, you can just be carried by being in a community. Brilliant. Just consistently being there, other people, they're carrying you through that time and mm. they're connected and you're connected. Um, yeah, you just find yourself on the other side at mm. some point. Like, oh, wow, I'm on the other side. But it's just because you remained. You stayed. Mm. You stayed in community, stayed at church. Um, and God was ministering to you mm. in that space. So, And it's so true. Sometimes somebody else abiding in God and spending time with God will have like a picture or a prophecy or an encouragement for you who are feeling a bit like you're drifting or a bit or like I'm not being nourished like I want to. And you see this beautiful... Mm. Coming together as a community to love and serve one another, I think is so important, isn't it? Mm. 
Um, just a couple of, of areas which we should talk about before we finish. I think the first one is pruning and the other one is being cast into the fire. Mm. Which one should we do first? Pruning or cast into fire? Let's do cast into fire first and then end on a more positive note with yeah. pruning. Yeah. Um, there's a strong verse, there's a strong warning in there about being cast into the fire. Yeah. Um, which is quite a scary thought when, you know, let's say a person has become a Christian and you're like, hey, Jesus loves me, there's grace, there's everything for me, you know, I'm sorted now. Mm. But this verse seems to suggest that people are going to get cast into the fire. Is it Christians who are going to get cast into the fire? What's yeah. going on there? How, how do we read these verses and apply them to our lives? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and in one sense on Sunday... I and Matt Carvel isn't here today, so... He's not here to sort it out. We may say some things which aren't... You might, you might come back on live after this yeah. just to fix what I'm about to <laughs> <Just> say. <to correct. laughs> I, uh, I didn't really... I didn't go so much into that side of it on Sunday because I wanted to let Jesus warnings speak and i think the danger is we we jump so quickly to wanting to kind of uh gloss it over paper over the cracks or like oh that makes me feel weird i'm gonna Mm. jump to the bit that we talked about love again that's nice Mm. (laughs) and uh, i wonder even if if you love this verse and love this passage if you like you didn't even really see it before i'm certainly someone that would would have loved the good bits and kind of oh that's a bit weird bumped over the bits that are harder Um, but we must hear him on this we must hear jesus um, and it is it is stark. You know, these branches they are they're branches. They're not they're not something else. It's not like the I don't know the the weeds that are not attached or or whatever the fungus falls off. And that's the, it's like no no the branches that look like they are in, and uh, ultimately don't bear fruit. So you assume from that that they're not getting the sustenance they need from the vine. They're not really connected in, but they look like they are. And uh, I think this is a is a really it's particularly a warning for those of us who are just around Christians and around church and enjoy it. And really deep down when we ask the question, like, do I know Jesus? Am I, am I forgiven? Am I going to heaven? You just, you don't really know. It's not even really something that you've engaged with. Or if you have, it's, you're thinking, oh, it's quite a surface level. Mm-hmm. And so without ever worrying, before we even get into bigger theological questions, it's like, let's let Jesus speak to us. All of us, let's all of us be warned that if we don't abide in him, the life giver, what we will taste of is death. Um, let's all of us be warned. And you'll go through the New Testament and there's these warnings and it's like, how, how does that even work? Um, and you start asking these bigger theological questions and it's a good one and we should go through it, but just hear him warn you. And uh, we heard earlier, didn't we? He's the good shepherd. The sheep know him. They know his voice. If you know him, you will listen. You can't but listen. You can't but hear his voice on this and go, okay, I must abide. I must like a, it's like a sign people talk about it like a sign telling you not to go over a cliff if you read the language you're just not going to go over that cliff you just it's like i'm driving you okay i'm just not going to go down that you know cartoon when there's a sign that they, they charge you or whatever it's like i'm just not going to go through it because i because i can read the language if i don't understand it i might go straight off that cliff and that's a worry and but if i know it if i i hear the voice i will absolutely respond and so we just need to let these words of jesus do work on our hearts um, and ultimately, what he wants for us, verse 11, he wants joy for you. He doesn't want you to live in like uncertainty, worry, anxiety. Am I saved? Am I going to hell? What about this sin I did? Have I committed the unforgivable sin? What's going on in my life? No, he wants joy for you. He wants mm. full assurance of faith. He wants you to know and enjoy and love him and be loved by him. Brilliant. And the way in which he does that, and the father specifically in this sort of the gardener scenario is that he warns, he's like, he's warning you about what the gardener might do, what the father might do. And in that we hear him, we go, okay, yes, you know, it's the discipline of God. Like, yeah, okay, warning, I hear you. I don't want to just 
dive off this way. I'm going to follow you. And we find life there. Um, but we also need to hear it. And maybe your conclusion is, I don't think I am actually in the vine. Please talk to someone. Talk to us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to pray for you. Get you going to Alpha, asking those questions, get back in into it, get getting back into it. Don't miss the warning. Don't bump over it. We must hear it. Yeah, really? sorry, I'm just preaching again, aren't I? Yeah, no, really well answered, George. Um, Christian, anything to add to that? Yeah, I think the thing to heed is if there is a dog in your heart towards repentance mm. and the moment of check, you probably are in the mind because um uh, what's it? Repentance comes from the Holy Spirit, and it's Him working in your heart. So I think you know, be encouraged yeah. by the provocation that you feel. Mm. Um, I I just find it's a good. We all kind of sometimes wish, oh, I wonder if I just did this, or if I did that, and if I drifted a little bit and I put a little less effort, and or you know what? There's a huge danger in just your drift. You don't drift towards nothing. You drift towards potentially fire mm-hmm. you, you know i think it's just really always good for us to hear that like you know i, I don't i really don't want my life to drift this is quite a short life I, mm. i've lived half my life already i've only got half of my life left to go by god's grace i'm in a, in a place where i'm seeking him and i love that i'm so grateful for that and i, I wanted to continue I, I you know it's just 40 more years in comparison to eternity is nothing mm. and he will get you through he's good um thanks george um pruning um it's interesting it it talks about pruning leading to bearing much more fruit mm. i guess my question is sometimes pruning is, is having the stuff cut away from you and and losing stuff and it could be responsibility it could be resource it could be i guess a whole bunch of things you um it's a different application in a different situation um how do we know what is actually god pruning in us for us to bear a lot more fruit in in that area and how much of it is just I guess dross that's been cut off or been cleaned away, uh, and sh- you know, I, I guess uh, how are we pursuing things that have been pruned away? Are we pursuing it in in a sense of this is going to bear much fruit, or I'm just need to step away from this because God's taken this away from my life? Yeah, Christina, let's start with you, and then we can come to George. Um, I think one of the things I was thinking earlier was about this is where like discernment comes in and. Obviously on the surface, whenever we do experience loss of any kind, um, it's easy to be like, ah, and like, that's our initial reaction. That's that's totally fine. But I think having the time to go back to, to God and be like, this has happened. This is how I feel. What are you saying? What's your Holy Spirit ministering to me at this point? Because, you know, Jesus left us his spirit and he's our mm. comforter. He's our teacher. He is, you know, he's here to to do life with us and so in that space even if if it's a thing where you're not quite hearing again the remaining in me remaining in me and you are promised fruitfulness regardless so it's yeah i think that's where discernment comes in um and just yeah and yeah. i can that's discernment between you and god and praying that's also again what we're talking about in community hey this has happened can i get fresh perspective what's your thoughts um but yeah i think in times when things have been taken from us it's actually a provocation to go deeper into god because now there's one less thing or like there's a an emotional thing and it's like we're running after god now it'd be like a god speaking to the situation and trust that he will superb george you have the final say yeah (laughs) i think um I think maybe the assumption implicit in the question of like how do i know whether this is a branch that he's pruned so that i get so that it comes back 
and the one a branch that he's got rid of just because it was bad or something, whatever. Yeah, it's pruned. It's pruned this because it was sin in my life or something. Or yeah, I think the the assumption is that um, sort of fruitfulness looks like what we think it looks like, and that the direct response to something being pruned back is that thing growing back rather than something else coming out. And I think it is um, the the fruitfulness promised us is um, Jesus's best for our lives mm. but it is often confusing <laughs> often painful that's why it's called pruning it's not it's not easy and it doesn't look like exactly like getting exactly that thing back it doesn't look like that um it might be that you know he had a i don't know hypothetically you had a wonderful podcast but you couldn't do it anymore and then you the new one comes up and you think okay you prune that so a new one. it might be that specific but it might not be I think the hope is that not only do we get all we need from Jesus and not what we're doing, but that he knows what's best, that he has a wonderful plan for us. As we delight ourselves in him, he will give us the desires of our heart. That's the, one of the promises from, from Psalm 37. And uh, we can know that he has good plans for us. And I think ultimately, 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 our biggest blessing, our biggest hope will be with him in eternity. And this life is a process of sanctification. It's a process of being made holy. It's a process of looking more and more like Jesus. And uh, and the ultimate kind of goal end of that is to be with him forever. Mm. And even even in the pain of things, um, which don't make sense immediately, we can know the hope of eternity and the hope of Jesus now. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So good, George. Thanks so much for joining us, George and Christina. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week. And then the week after for our last episode of uh, the Virtual Jesus Live Lunch. See the last episode series. Last episode ever, who knows? Who knows? Um, Thanks so much for joining us. We will see you next week. Bye.